0: I invite you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, page 958 in uh, the chair Bible. Uh, We're going to begin in verse 17. And um, as Caleb said, we're continuing uh, our thinking about why we practice the ordinances of the church. And, And we just moments ago before we got to witness it, um we, we talked about why we practice the ordinance of baptism and then, and then we got to baptize. I I don't know, man, I'm pretty excited about that. Okay? And uh I mean that was just that was fantastic. That was cool. That was uh, it was a time to celebrate. You know, um I just real quickly about baptism and 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 that being something that we celebrate. And 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 I felt like we did a pretty good job of celebrating, but um I want to tell you that the, the believers that I think celebrate ba- baptism better than any others are the Cuban believers. I've had the privilege of uh, traveling to Cuba about four or five times, and I actually have had the privilege of baptizing some Cuban believers uh, in you know in the ocean. And, and here's how the Cuban believers, um, how the Cuban church churches practice baptism. Uh, baptisms are always on a Saturday when everybody's off work, and we all go to the beach and we go early. We go early in the morning to the beach, and there are all these cooking fires. You know, everybody they gather wood together, and there are these big pots, and there's all this food. And we spend a ton of time all morning cooking, and and playing in the, on the beach and in the ocean. And then and then when the food is almost done, everybody, young and old, wades out into the ocean, deep enough. And then those who were baptizing, we bring them out, and much like what we did here, they they give. Um, an affirmation of their faith they make a proclamation of their faith in Christ and then we baptize them much like we did here in the name of the Father the Son the Holy Spirit buried in Jesus raised to walk in this of life and there are high fives and applause and and shouts you know of celebration uh, and and then we will pray for those new uh, newly baptized believers praying for their spiritual growth, praying also for the church to take their responsibility seriously to teach and disciple those newly baptized believers. Remember the Great Commission? You know, make disciples, baptize, teaching, okay? That's the commission to the church. Christ's command to the church to, to make disciples, to baptize and to teach. And so, you know, our duty, our responsibility doesn't end when we race them up out of the water, or even when we lay our hands on them and pray for them, but our responsibility continues because daily, as long as it is called today, Hebrews says, we are to admonish, to encourage one another. So, you know, we pray for the church to do their job, but then we just have this giant feast at the beach. And, and the baptismal service in Cuba lasts about 12 hours. It's, it's totally cool. <laughs> But now we want to talk about the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. You know, communion, the Lord's table. It's set out before us. And in a few moments we're going to celebrate it together. But why do we do it? Why do we celebrate the, the ordinance of the Lord's Supper? Well, really, for about the same reasons, we practice the ordinance of baptism. I mean, first of all, we're instructed to do so. Jesus Himself instituted the Lord's Supper on the eve of his. You know, trial and, 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 and crucifixion. There when he celebrated the Passover slash the first Lord's Supper with his disciples before he, was, before he went to the garden to pray, before he was arrested and tried and ultimately crucified, Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. He took a meal, the Passover meal, which was full of religious significance. It was full of symbolism and he gave it all new symbols. He said, this bread, which I'm breaking and giving to you, this is my body, which is for you. And then he took the cup after supper and he said, this cup, this is the new covenant in my blood, and, and this is also for you. And, and when you eat the bread and drink the cup, you do this in remembrance of me. And, and he said, in fact, he said, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do this in remembrance of me. So, so Jesus clearly, um, is instituting a memorial practice, something that he intends, ordains, and instructs his followers to continuously do. So we practice the Lord's Supper, we celebrate it because Jesus tells us to, he instructs us to, he commands us to. Let's look together First uh, Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in, verse, beginning in verse 17. But in the following instructions, I do not commend you. Because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And I believe it in part... I indicated already that one of the reasons that we celebrate the Lord's Supper is because Christ commands it, just like Christ commands baptism. But also, as you see, celebrating the Lord's Supper is an expression of the gospel. Just as baptism is an expression of the gospel, expressing what has happened in the life of an individual, in in coming by repentance and faith, To the Lord Jesus Christ, they're buried, dead to sin, buried to their old way of life, but raised up in Christ to live a brand new kind of life. A brand new life in him. But also the Lord's Supper is an expression of the gospel. It's an expression of the work of Jesus Christ. Jesus said so. When he instituted the Lord's Supper, he said the elements of the supper represent our memorials, our symbols, our symbols of his body and his blood, which he gave and he shed in our place for our sin, so that by and through repentance and faith we might have the hope of everlasting life. We might be His. We might be His own possession. Jesus made it very clear that that by the, the elements of that supper, they represent His death, His sacrificial atonement, His death in our place for our sin on that cross. He made that very clear. And the act of celebrating it, the act of eating that bread and and discerning, understanding the symbol it is for the body of Christ, which is given on our behalf. And then drinking the cup from the cup and understanding that that is a symbol of Christ's blood that is shed for us. So in the act of celebrating by eating and drinking We are expressing our union with Christ, our oneness with Him, and we're expressing our faith in Him, His work, and that He is able to save. But also, we celebrate the Lord's Supper because it's a way that we have fellowship with one another in Christ as the church. Look back at, at 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and Paul's words beginning in verse 17 on through verse 21 about the church at Corinth and their practice of the Lord's Supper. He says, I will not commend you in this. In fact, he calls them out. He, calls, he rebukes them for their practice of the Lord's Supper Because they fail to see how the Lord's Supper is meant to be an opportunity for them not only to express their union with Christ, but to celebrate the fact that Christ has brought them together as one body. He says, some of you go ahead with your own meal and the people who had to work late, you know, they don't get there in time. And, and, and some some people go without and other people get drunk. They they drink so much of the 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 wine of the Lord's Supper that they get drunk. And some don't even get anything. How does this represent Christ? And the answer is, it doesn't. That practice of the Lord's Supper does not at all memorialize and remember and celebrate what Christ has done in dying to make so many people who are different, one. It doesn't do it. You're missing it. You're missing it. And he, and he must rebuke them for that practice. Because the Lord's Supper is not only just an act of obedience. It's not only a celebration of what Christ has done for us as individuals. It's not simply an expression of the gospel, though it is that. and It's, it's more than that. Or Or maybe I should say, maybe I should say it's a more complete expression of the gospel. Because the gospel is also... That Christ died to make many who are different one body. The gospel is also that Christ died to to purchase for himself a people for his own possession. Who are zealous for good works. This is also the gospel. And so... In celebrating the Lord's Supper, we more fully express or proclaim the gospel. And we proclaim the community aspect of the gospel. And we celebrate the fellowship that we have with one another as those who are one in Christ. And part of one body, the body of Christ. Having Jesus Christ as their head. So, in just a few moments in a few moments we're going to celebrate the lord's supper together and um our practice is uh pretty simple and you know this morning it's going to be uh, it's going to be a little more complicated because there's there there are so many of us but that's that's okay because again we want to celebrate what christ has done for us both as individuals and the expression of the gospel that that is but we also want to celebrate what Christ has done for us in making us one body and celebrate the community aspect of the gospel. We want to remember the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and celebrate, proclaim, proclaim in an outward expression His death. Remember that the Lord's Supper itself is a symbol, just like baptism is a symbol and an expression. It is not powerless. Baptism is a powerful symbol and is a powerful expression, but baptism's powerful, symbolic, and expressive nature is due to what Christ has done. Just as the Lord's Supper, I mean, it's a symbol, but it's a powerful symbol, and it's a a significant symbol, but it derives all of its power to express and its power to symbolize in what Christ has done. So when we baptize, what we really celebrate is Christ, and when we have the Lord's Supper, what we really celebrate is Christ. So in a moment, I'm going to invite you to celebrate Christ. With me, with us, we're going to do that together. And the way we do that is um, we'll have everyone come forward, um, just kind of make a line, come down the center aisle, uh, and then maybe go back to the side aisles, take your seat, but you'll tear off a portion of bread, uh, uh, from, uh, and you'll dip that into the cup, okay? and then just maybe put your hand under it, go back to your seat, and wait. And when we all have been served, then we will eat together as is fitting when celebrating the Lord's Supper as a body together. Now remember that the Lord's Supper is for the church. Those who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Who, as, as you heard testimonies already today. Those who have turned from their sin and are trusting in Christ and in Him alone. For the forgiveness of their sins and the hope of eternal life. And those who have been through believers' baptism, who have then been baptized afterwards. Because that, again, is how we unite with the church. So that's who that's who the Lord's Supper is for. If that doesn't describe you this morning, if you're not sure that you're a believer, a follower of Christ, not sure you've been through believers' baptism, then we're going to ask you just to go ahead and abstain. And there's no, I mean, we're also not going to point that out. There's no shame in that. Uh, it's, it's, in fact, we read in the scriptures it's right to do so. Each one should examine himself before taking the Lord's Supper so you don't eat or drink in an unworthy manner and so profane the blood and body of Christ. Also, if you're just uncomfortable, maybe you're part of a different uh church and their their uh practice of the Lord's Supper is a little different, maybe it's a little more closed, only members of that particular body participate and you want to hold to that, that's fine. Again, you're welcome to uh just uh, abstain and there again, there's no shame in that and we and we want to honor your conscience and your decision in that. But If you are a follower of Christ who's been through believer's baptism and you want to celebrate the Lord's Supper with us this morning, then you are certainly invited to do so. So, if you would stand and then make your way down the center aisle, tear off a portion, dip it into the cup.